Yo, 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 welcome to Tap Room Sports, sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. Lats, here with my partner, the beer expert, Mr. Big Ball and Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? Not much, man. Enjoying this uh, last week of football. Got some great beer going tonight, and man, can't can't complain. We're into 2021, so you know, good riddance 2020. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Happy New Year, of course. Uh, you know, obviously happy to get out of 2020. Happy to be here this week. You know, we get to start NFL playoffs next week. NHL's getting ready to uh, drop the puck. I guess they would say. NBA's Love tipped it. off. I mean, everything is starting to roll around, Ben. And of course, I'm here beautiful. drinking a beautiful beer, as always. Yes, as always. And I liked beer. man, 2021 like is beer. going to be a great beer year as well. But uh, let's let's tell everyone why we're drinking beer and talking about beer so much. And that's because half of our kind of podcast is going to be talking about beer. Uh, each week, Jordan and I are going to bring a couple beers to the table and give you some reviews, give you, you know, some of the items and beers that we think are good beers. And, you know, once or twice, you're definitely going to get one of those beers that aren't so great beers. Uh, we haven't had a, a pour out beer yet. We've had one close. But, uh, you know, we want to let you know what's out there. You know, we really just want you to go out to those tap rooms, spend some time there, get to know some brewers, and really just enjoy the beer game. So, Jordan, what is your first beer tonight? My first beer tonight is the Intergalactic Battle Mammoth by Mason Aleworks in collaboration with Superstition Meadery. It's a lagered brago with ta- tangerine and apricot made with organic Brazilian honey. It's got really Damn. dope can art. It sounds fancy, so I, I do love like lagers usually. So we're gonna see how this one, um, how this one is, man. We're gonna give it a good rating, hopefully. But oh, we're sipping on it, Ben. What are you sipping on it, yeah. man? Hell yeah. Um, so my first beer of the night is going to be uh, one that's super local to me. This is uh, going to be from Promised Land Brewing Company, and this is from Gilroy, California, which is, uh, you know, South Bay Area. And this is called Bread and uh, Circus. And this is a West Coast Pale Ale. It's coming in at 5.9%. Uh, there wasn't, to be honest, much about this beer other than kind of that that kind of background information coming from the title bread and circus and that comes from uh you know all the way back in the first late first century early second century uh where the poet juvenile said give them beer and circuses and they shall never revolt so uh promised land wanted to give a good beer that will you know make people happy will make people never revolt and you know we'll see we'll see here how it goes from here I've taken a first sip, and it really, it, it's got that dankiness to that hop, so I'm excited about it. Where, where in Gil, uh, what brewery out of Gilroy? Promised Land Brewing. Promised Land. Nice. I, yeah, I haven't yet been there, um, you know, but post-COVID, that's, that's definitely, it's, you know, 20 minutes away, I can, I can make that journey. Oh, yeah, for sure. Gilroy's a great town, too. It's a huddle, guys. It's a huddle. Huddle, Latin for round. Come on, turn around. All right, there you go. All right, now, communication is the key. I signal the quarterback with the play. He relates it to you in the huddle, and then we try it on the field. Okay, let's do it. 
Okay, guys, it's a curl out to the fullback on two. Hey, 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 wait a second. How come you never call a play for me? You're a tackle, dipped. Hey, nobody calls me a dipped except my brother. Guys, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'll just run the ball. You always run the ball. Why can't I run the ball? Because you're slow and no one likes you. Well, you can't go to my birthday. Oh, what? Okay, guys, that was good for a first time. Let's try it again. Need to get prepared for the NFL weekend? Join us on APR, the annexation of Puerto Rico, an ode to the Little Giants movie of 1994 starring Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis, a new football podcast brought to you by Taproom Sports Podcasts. It features Taproom Sports Podcast hosts Jordan, Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, Lats, and Big Ballin' Ben Larson. Joined by Weekend Waiver Wires, Steady Eddie Martin, and me, Tiffany, from Picks by Chicks, as we preview the upcoming week slate of games from a betting and fantasy point of view. Visit taproomsportspodcast.com for more information. All right, Ben, we made it. We're here. Week 17 is a wrap. Finally. The 2020 NFL season is over. Yep. Made it through. We had some hiccups. There was no two-week break, which we thought I, may have happened. In I the definitely beginning. thought that was going to happen. But it didn't. Yep. And we're here. And we're ready for the playoffs now. The playoff seedings are set. But before we get into these week one playoff matchups, um, I got to ask you, man. What the fuck was going on with Doug Peterson <laughs> pulling Jalen Hurts down seventeen uh, to twenty? I don't know, man. That's that's it, it. Just baffles me. I think that and his, you know, going for it on fourth down when you just gave up three points to tie the game. I it, it's it's bad call after bad call after bad call, and you know, to be honest, I'm not too sure if we'll see, you know, Mr. Peterson having a job you know past tomorrow to be honest yeah man i think you might be right um it's kind of crazy because that was kind of like a, a play call i mean jalen hurts he wasn't really playing that well he was seven for 20 for 72 yards he had two rushing touchdowns but uh you know that that fourth down pass he was way off wasn't even close there yep. was a little bit of pressure but it wasn't a good throw he's not a very accurate quarterback so I don't know what Doug Peterson was thinking, though, because they were still able to move the ball down the field yep. at the end of the day. And, I mean, once he put Sudfeld in there, they weren't even able to get a first down. So it's a mind-boggling. It, it might have been a total middle finger to Eagles front office. Um, so that's going to be something we're, we got to look out for uh, today. You know what I mean? Yeah. But let's move on to these playoff matchups. You know, usually we review uh some of the games but this week we're jumping right into playoffs because it's playoff football baby that's what we love so the first seeds number one seeds green bay packers new orleans saints on a bye they don't got to play this week they get to rest up and prepare for their week uh for their next opponent so game one we kick off saturday we got the indianapolis colts at the buffalo bills then how do you see this game, man? The Bills are hot, hot, hot. 
Yeah, the Bills are rolling. I mean, look what they did today on a, a great Miami defense. They, you know, beat them by 30 points, putting up 56. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate because I, I really did want the Colts to, you know, go deep into the playoffs. I, I don't think they're going to get by, you know, the Buffalo Bills this week. It's, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. You've got great you know, great players, great personnel on both sides. I think, you know, the Colts just have maybe one more year and then they're going to be, you know, a a team to reckon with for, you know, a good long time. Yeah, I mean, and this Buffalo team might be like that too. yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Like this is a young team with a great young quarterback in Josh Allen. I mean, this is by far and away the hottest team in football. You, you, one could argue this might be the best team in football. You yeah. know, since losing to the Arizona Cardinals, all they've done was ring off uh, seven straight wins. They're average. They're winning by more than twenty three points per game in their last four, and they're giving up the least amount of yards in their last four games. Um, yeah. Albeit it's against teams like the Patriots, Broncos, but they also did it against the Steelers as well. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a team that's clicking on defense. They're clicking on offense. Obviously, Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. I saw today he's the first player to ever throw for, like, 34 touchdowns and rush for nine or whatever. I mean, he's having an unbelievable year. A year ago, he was only completing 52% of his passes. Now he's completing 69% of his passes. Wow. I got to take Buffalo here. We're going to keep riding them till the wheels fall off. And it's unfortunate yep. to say because I like I like the Colts, man. Yeah, they'll they'll have their time. They definitely will. Definitely. Uh might not be with Phillip Rivers, but they definitely will. <laughs> Facts. <clears throat> the second game we got on Saturday, we got the third matchup this year. We got the Los Angeles Rams heading into Seattle to play the Seahawks. Currently the Seahawks are a four and a half point favorite. Um, you know, we saw this matchup two weeks ago, Ben, in Seattle won twenty to nine. So is anything gonna change this week? Like where do you see this one? Yeah, to be honest, I I don't see that change. Um, you know, I, yeah, I know that you know, the Rams took it in Week Ten when they they first met, but I mean the way that these teams are are really rolling right now, I don't, you know, I don't see LA, you know, really changing anything up from you know their nine point loss to Seattle in you know Week Sixteen, so last week, um, you know, Seattle put up some good numbers on a a San Francisco team today that we weren't necessarily sure how things were going to react with, you know, the way that, that San Francisco has been showing up. So, you know, the big thing is, is they got that W. It doesn't matter by how many is, is they got the W. Um, You know, especially if Goff is hurt, I don't see, you know, the Rams putting up points. Yeah, I mean that the the Niners were winning that game sixteen to six. The Seahawks ended up winning twenty six to twenty three. Honestly, the game was even worse than that because the Niners scored seven points in the like the last thirty seconds. It was meaningless yeah. basically. Uh, but I mean, the Seahawks defense has been playing great. I mean, we're talking about top four defense in the last five weeks or so. Um, and they, yeah. they're not relying on Russell Wilson, but still Russell Wilson is that kind of quarterback that can really go out and he can score whenever he has to score. Um, so he's the kind of quarterback that you want. And since they're playing at home, I'm going to take Seattle. Um, although I don't love the four and a half, I still lean it. Yeah. I'll lean it, Ben. I'm with you on that. And we don't even know, is Goff even going to play? He's got a... 
fractured thumb yep. two weeks ago. Yeah, or we a have week no ago. Idea. It's crazy, man. But this next game is a game I really want to talk about because this is a beautiful game. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into Washington to play our football team. Tampa Bay is oh, yeah. hot too, man. This is a hot football team. Uh, you know, they've been beating up on bad teams. This this is gonna be the first team, the first decent team they're gonna be facing in a while. Um, how do you see this one going out? Yeah, I'm I'm stoked to see how you know Chase Young can get to Brady. Um, you know, we know Brady's weakness is, you know, when he's getting hit when he has to move because I mean, he's old, he doesn't move well at all. So that takes a lot of effort, you know, for him to get out of the pocket and, you know, extend that play. And when you have a guy like Chase Young coming at you, I don't see how much, you know, you're really going to be able to sit there and wait for your wide receivers to open. Um, You know, we, probably won't see Evans next week. I think he's he was pretty much yeah, done hurt. after today. Yeah. Um so, you know, yeah, you've got Godwin and um you know, Antonio Brown, but with one less option, that that really helps the defense and and not having a a good run back there. You know, the defense knows what they're going to do and man, I I like yeah. the Washington football team, especially by the points. Yeah, getting ten and a half points, and I mean, this is a stylistic matchup that's uh, just lovely for Washington because yeah. the Buccaneers have five losses: two against the Saints, one against the Rams, uh, one against the Chiefs, and one against the Bears. Four of those five teams have like some of the best defensive lines in football. I mean, the Rams and Saints are two or two top five uh, defenses, and Chicago Bears are just right out of a top five decent defense. Yep. They're they're number six. Both all three of those teams get after the quarterback very well, and even the Chiefs get after the quarterback very well. The Chiefs are able to rush the passer, um, and Washington does it better than all of those teams. They have the best defensive line in football. Chase Young, Montez Sweat. They're gonna get after Tom Brady. They're gonna make his life a living hell on Saturday, and we. Alex Smith just doesn't have to turn the ball over. If he doesn't turn the ball over, they can easily win this game. Yeah. Yep. I like I like Washington with the points. I like it on the money line. This has upset special written <laughs> all over it, Ben. Love it. All over it. Yep. I mean, it is our team, so. Our football team. <laughs> straight. All right, next Sunday, we're going to kick off the first game in the uh, AFC playoffs. We got the Baltimore Ravens heading into Tennessee. Tennessee is currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog. What do you think about this one, man? I'm I'm just shocked that, that Tennessee is the underdog here, especially looking at you know what the Baltimore Ravens have done to get to this position. I mean, yes, over the last, you know, six weeks they're what five and one but you got to look at at those teams that they're playing they're playing dallas they're playing jacksonville they're playing the new york giants they're i mean the cleveland game was a big w but you know they don't they beat them 47 to 42 so they still had you know 42 point put up on them so i mean when they play against tough defenses tough teams like they they struggle to move the ball and you know i think that's what we're going to see you know, with this Tennessee team is is they are going to pound Lamar and make him throw the ball. 
And oh. if he can't throw the ball, or if he has to throw the ball, it's not going to be a good day. Yeah, Tennessee, um, you know, they did this to him last year in the playoffs. You know, they shut Lamar down. The biggest question is, is Lamar going to get over that hump and win a play? Yeah. Sorry, win a playoff game. I'm not sure this is the matchup for it. I think the wrong team is favored in this one. Tennessee should be like a two and a half to three point favorite. Um, the biggest question mark with Tennessee is that they really struggle when Derrick Henry doesn't rush for over 100 yards. And Baltimore is one of the better rush defenses. However, Baltimore is like the same kind of team that we have question marks with, uh, you know, Tampa Bay and also the Chicago Bears is that they've been beating up on bad teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now they have to play good or decent teams, better teams. They're in the playoffs, right? So will they will they be that good or have they really been tested? You know, we don't know. Yeah. And I think because of that, you got to take the points here, especially if you're getting points at home against a Tennessee team that's 2-0 and in their last two against Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look, week 11, they they won 30-24 to in overtime. Yeah. So yep. you're telling me that there's, what, a, what, a nine-point difference, nine-and-a-half-point difference from, you know, those six Bend weeks? Now. No. And I think that's a lot of, like, you know, the people seeing like, oh my God, Baltimore has been winning by 18.7 points per game, but it's like, dude, they've been beating up on yeah, like, really trash. bad teams, you know? Yep. Which brings us to another team that beat up on good teams and lost to a good team. The Chicago Bears are heading into New Orleans to play the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we don't know if Alvin, I actually, I think Alvin Kamara is probably out. Yeah, um, I, I think so, 10 days. And if he... He has to like test negative four times or something, right? Yeah, but I think it has to be since he had it, he has to sit for ten days. So that would put next weekend out that he won't be playing. So so he's not playing. Uh, These these two teams did play, however, in Week Eight um, in Chicago. The Saints won in overtime, twenty six to twenty three. So, you know, what's your thoughts on this one? Like, where do you see this one going? Who you got? Yeah, I I can't. Things nine and a half right now. Nine and a half. Um, whew, that that half point is tough. Uh, I'm gonna say New Orleans definitely wins this game. I don't think there's a a question about it. The, I mean, they're just stronger offensively, defensively, and you know, in my opinion, at at almost every position. Um, uh, you know, maybe Sands one or two there. Um, but uh, you know, even with Kamara out, they know how to move the ball enough. I think you know, we'll be able to see a, a New Orleans team win it. I'd be a lot more comfortable if it wasn't at nine and a half and if it was just at, you know, even nine. Uh, that hook that hook really gets me. I don't think I could put my money on that. Yeah, the nine and a half is a strange number. Um, but, I mean, Ty Montgomery filled in nicely today. He rushed for over 100 yards against the Panthers. So that, yeah. was, that was good to see. Um I think that, I mean, obviously the Saints are a much better team. The The Bears are able to rush the passer, which worries me a little bit with Drew Brees back there. But the Saints' defense is so good. They're going to turn Trubisky over at least two times. They might even get a defensive touchdown. So I love I, I love the Saints here, but the 9.5 is a little too much. I, I would probably hope that it would drop down a little bit, but I like the Saints in this one, Ben. Yep. I'm right there with you. And then the last game on Sunday, we got another divisional matchup. So this is the third time these teams are playing this year. We got and they just played this week. Yeah. And Cleveland won 24 to 22. We got the Cleveland Browns heading into Heinz Field to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you like this one? 
man. I mean, this is tough. The way that that Pittsburgh's going right now, uh, you know, it's it's tough to put my money on Pittsburgh with the way the Browns are going. You know, it's that's kind of more where I'd want to put my money. But I, I mean, with Big Ben coming back next week, I think that that really changes it for me today. We saw you know Cleveland only win by two points and. You know, Big Ben changes a game by two points easily, um, yeah. you know, especially when you've got Rudolph in there. So, you know, give Big Ben his, you know, a, a week to get his knees back in order. I, he, I think he can do it. Yeah, this one's tough, man, because, I mean, the Browns, no Big Ben. Like, you should have won this game handedly, you know what I mean? But you didn't. Yeah. You barely won. Um, and there, we almost... There was an onside kick that I thought they might have fumbled. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they very well could have lost this game. And because of that, I think there's like a mental edge for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Um, I think, you know, Cleveland's probably really happy just to be in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. For what that uh, organization has gone through. And I think that there, this could be a, a letdown playoff spot. Like the, the Steelers could win this game big. I'm going to yeah. lean Steelers here. I don't love it. Um, but it should be... Should be a very interesting weekend of NFL, man. Should be a very interesting weekend. I love it. Also, before we move on real quick, uh, Adam Gase let go by the New York Jets. About damn time. <laughs> nine Rumors, and 23, right? Nine and 23 is head coach. Rumors of Urban Meyer coaching Jacksonville Jaguars. We could hear of an official announcement as early as today. So as you're listening to this, we might be getting that announcement coming through. A um, lot of coach moving going to be going on. Doug Peterson could be on the move. Uh, Lions could be going after Jim Harbaugh. A lot of interesting news. So, so keep up to date with us. Follow us on Twitter, at uh, JordanTSP. Follow us on Instagram, at Taproom Sports Podcast. Keep up to date, man. It's going to be a busy Busy week, Ben. Love it. All right, well, we're here in the second week of the NBA right now. Um, obviously, it's very early. There was no, really no preseason, very short training camp, very fast turnaround uh, since the bubble. So, you know, just kind of quickly recap what happened in the second week. Ben, what were you, what are your biggest surprises right now uh, in the NBA through this second week? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll just start at least with the uh, you know the big records. You've got the Wizards at one and five, Toronto one and four, Denver one and four. I mean, those are all teams that we had in the playoffs, and you know they are not starting this year off well. Again, I know it's early. Um, you know, we'll talk about Phoenix five and one, 76ers five and one. Like that's that's where these teams should be right now. Um, you know, so you know, we'll kind of start it at that. Um, my other big thing so far is, you know, we saw Harden out last night as a last minute scratch because of an ankle sprain. And the Rockets still beat Sacramento, who's, you know, been on, you know, a decent tear to start off the year. But it really surprised me because it can it showed that Houston is able to win those close games without him. And I think it makes trading for futures a little bit easier when you don't need that 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 guy right now to make the change in the game. Uh, 
honestly, when he was a late scratch, I thought he was getting traded, bro. Like for sure. Yeah, I kept me too. I kept refreshing me Twitter too. just to see the news update because I thought for sure he was uh that was gonna be announcement getting traded. Um, I mean, early on in the season, you're right, like the 76ers, that's a good enough team to where they should be five and one. But a lot of these teams, like even watching them, like teams like the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, the Lakers, I mean, these are teams that are kind of like just coasting. They're veteran teams. You know, we've seen what they yeah. can do the last few years. And they're kind of just, I feel like they're using this time to like get in shape, you know, get back into the grind of things. And then mm-hmm. always, you know, it, when it comes to the NBA, I don't really put, I don't really judge any team until about Christmas, which is usually like the 20 to 25 game mark on normally. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm at this year. Like I'm, I'm going to reserve some thoughts for teams like the Raptors who lost, uh, you know, Marcus Saul, Sergi Baca, you know, teams like uh, Denver and the wizards. Like, obviously these are teams that are yeah. trying to get acclimated to things. So, you know, I'm going to wait 20 games and also your warriors, dude, that's, that's been a huge surprise to me. They've been pretty dog shit. I mean, they're they're getting there. I mean, we're we're two and three right now against some tough teams. We beat the teams that we shouldn't have or that we should have beat, and you know, we we were a little bit behind on that. I'm. It's early in the season. You said it. I'm not expecting them to do great things. Um, you know, I'm glad Draymond's back. His first game was an absolute disaster i don't think he got he like, did he get any points yeah, i think he had four points and four assists yeah so i mean he's really gonna need time to get back to speed but i to be honest i'm loving wiseman right now um you know first two games were his big ones he had like uh, 18 19 points in those two and he's slowed down from that but you know five games in you're scoring 11.6 you know five and a half rebounds a game averaging 22 minutes like that's right where I think he should be and oh yeah you know on a a good warriors team that's that's you know they they should be happy yeah i mean I rookies the hardest adjustment is to the travel and playing like a lot more games than you do at college yeah. and he didn't he only played like two or three college games so he never even really <laughs> yeah. had a college season so i mean you're talking about a huge jump from the last time he played uh, but man, you're seven footer, dude. I got to get more than five and a half rebounds from you a game. Like that's pathetic. You got to be uh, it's, giving me eight to ten it, rebounds. It, uh, it's surprisingly like thirteenth in the league, though, which is I, I completely agree. It, by the the year end, you know he'll he'll be up there. But surprisingly, I guess rebounding's not that big this year. Yeah, I mean everybody's making buckets, yeah, but dude, a lot of pe- a lot of teams are making buckets. We've seen a lot of blowouts, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And also the other thing with Wiseman too, like this dude's shooting fifty percent from three, but he's shooting forty percent overall because he's shooting thirty eight percent from two. Like, dude, you're seven feet tall. How are you? How are you shooting a better percentage from three than you are from, uh, from the field? Like, he just, I mean, he's young, dude. Like we said, we're gonna oh, yeah. give him time. He he has looked good, you know. He has looked great in a couple games, and he's looked decent in others. You know, Lamelo Ball. He started off pretty rough, and he's looked really good the last couple games. He scored over. He yeah. scored twenty two his last game. Um, so I mean, these young guys, dude, they gotta get acclimated. There's a lot of new things to being a professional that they're really not used to. So, um, yeah. 
uh, my biggest surprise though been has been uh, Cleveland. You know, Colin Sexton oh, has been great, man. Twenty six points a game right now. You know, he just outplayed Trey Young uh, last night. I mean, this has been a really yep. good team. They're three and three. Um, you know, future's future looks bright over there in what they're calling quote unquote sex land. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I do also want to say to that point, like Trey Young's kind of a bitch. I I know that's gonna be uh, you know probably looked down upon but uh like uh, the only thing i've seen he's a good player i'm not gonna get don't get me wrong on that but i have seen him complaining and whining to his own teammates to his coach to the refs to the other team it's it's you're an adult bro like in a professional athlete like quit bitching and make the difference yourself yeah i mean you're talking about a dude that complained about getting double teamed like that it tells you all you need to know about trey young i mean like you said he's a great young player but uh yeah he's like i just don't know if his like competitive spirit is like that of like a great 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 player you know what i mean yeah no uh before we move on though i do also want to give a shout out you know becky hammond congrats you know first woman acting as the head coach in the uh in a regular season NBA game when, you know, Pop was ejected. So, you know, got to gotta give that shout out before we move on. Hey, what about, also before we move on, what about Luka Doncic, man? He's been struggling early on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... He's shooting, like, I think, like, 9% from three right now. Like, almost as bad as Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Uh, overall, like, a 43%, you know, shooting percentage. Um... Yeah, it it's not looking pretty. Um, he, uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they can last long enough without um, Porzingis there. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's tough. But I heard, uh, I saw some news the other day that like he could come back any day now. Oh, that's that's good because initially. You know, preseason, they were thinking he was going to miss, you know, close to a quarter of the season. Yeah, but, you know, maybe 20%. They said he's been doing full five-on-five scrimmages, so that's that's hella good news for Dallas. I mean, I still think it, like I said, I'm going to say this a hundred times right now, it's still early, you know what I mean? It's early, yeah. And a guy like Luca, like, I don't even think he came into camp in shape. I think he's really, like, playing his way into shape right now. (laughs) Yeah. They got Chicago tonight, which, you know, they... Chicago hasn't been doing that great either. So, you know, that could, you know, boost them up and, you know, just keep on adding those wins. That, uh, you know, that, that train just keeps rolling. And, you know, even if you're not having great games, you still get those Ws. You're still going to, you know, boost yourself up. Facts. All right. So we talked NFL. We talked NBA. Now it is time to bring it back to our beers. So what do you have in store for us for beer number two? So round two, we're going with a Beachwood Brewing out of Huntington Beach, California. It's the Almagamator IPA. You know, I went and did something different last with the with the lager, but I'll come back into something that I love, which is IPAs. This one has a lot of different hops. We got Mosaic, Warrior, Columbus, and Amarillo hops. I've never nice. had Warrior hops. I've never even heard of them. Nice. Uh, but this is a honey melt, honey malt. I'm sorry. Uh, so I'm very excited for this one, and look forward to giving it a good review. How about yeah. you, Ben? What are you sipping on, man? 
Oh, yeah. So for uh, the second beer of the night, we are going to go with uh, one of my favorite brewing companies, Hoppus Brewing Company out of San Jose. Uh, so this one is going to be the Loco Hazy Kavik IPA. And uh, this was, you know, made in conjunction with one of our own uh, San Jose Sharks. So uh, San Jose Sharks captain, uh, well, at least captain for now, Logan Couture, uh, he asked Hoppus if they would brew a beer for his charity, the uh, All In for Brain Research in London, Ontario, uh, up in Canada. They agreed to have all the proceeds go to, you know, the All In for Brain Research and, um, you know, so they, they decided to make this beer. So it's a Hazy Kavike uh, IPA at 5.5%. And, you know, the Kavike, I had to do my research on this. It's an ancient Norwegian yeast um, that, uh, you know, was known for its farmhouse beers. So, you know, things that they were doing outside. And it can be fermented at a lot higher of temperature than other yeasts. Um, most of them you know, usually around that 60, mid 60s to low 70s, this one can go into the 80s and even the 90s to get you different kind of uh, uh, tropical note flavors. So um, it's an interesting beer. I'm looking forward to it and uh, we'll see how it is. Nice, man. Got two more good beers on deck. Let's go. We are moving into my favorite sport, my favorite time of the year, because we've got hockey going, and eventually we're going to get baseball preseason going. Ah, this is this is good stuff for me. Uh, but you know, just to give everyone an overview, we are talking NHL 2021 season. It's going to be a dumpster fire, just like the 2020 season was. <laughs> but for some background, we're going to be playing 56 games. Um, you know, teams are only going to be facing their divisions, you know, which it does kind of sound like what they're talking about starting on January 13th is actually going to happen. Um, so we've we've realigned. So all of our divisions are are basically brand new uh, and each division is going to be sending four teams to the playoffs. So, you know, their first rounds are going to be. First two rounds are going to be interdivisional, and then the winners of each division are then reseeded by their total points to go into the conference finals. So we are going to start by breaking up, you know, the NHL. Hey, into... Ben, I got to ask though before we move on, because I, you know, I'm yep. not, a, I'm not a big hockey guy, right? And some of our listeners might not be big hockey guys. Can you explain to me why we're doing this? Uh, you know, regional divisional matchups and why the fuck are they playing an Eastern divisional <laughs> matchup in Lake Tahoe in Lake Tahoe? Um, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's the biggest problem. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the divisions. Um, you know, so the divisions, they're going to be broken up basically by their region. Um, you know, and a big part of this is the issue of Canada. And I mean, to be honest, it's a, Canadian person's wet dream to have a division <laughs> of all Canada, you know, playing against each other. And so it's the easiest it's, division, too. It could quite possibly be the easiest division. Um, so we're going to be talking about the North or the Canadian division today. We're also going to be talking about the Central. Uh, but to move to your point of why is uh, why are two East Coast teams going to be playing in Lake Tahoe? And for all those people who don't know where Lake Tahoe is, it's Northern California. I couldn't tell you. I think it's the biggest. I, I mean, it's it shows how much of a dumpster fire the NHL is again. I, I mean, you've got what is it going to be? The Bruins and the Rangers going up 
yeah. in Lake Tahoe. California. I, in, yeah, in California, you don't want travel because of the virus. You want people to be staying in these bubbles, but screw it. We're going to send people across the country and just to have them play one, one game. game. One game. Yeah. So it, it's... <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense. I would have loved to, you know, saw the Sharks play Anaheim. The Sharks play, I, I mean, the LA Kings are going to be huge this year with their development and, and their players that they brought in. I, I mean, the Vegas, that's the logical choice is Vegas, Vegas versus San Jose. But Ew. yeah, but no, it's the NHL and they had to. Who's Vegas to playing in Tahoe? Because the Vegas is playing something. A game in Tahoe too, correct? Yes, Vegas is playing the day before, I believe, the the East Coast games. I don't remember off the top of my head which who they're going to be playing. It's going to be another Pacific team. Um, I don't even think it's a California team. But... Avalanche. Okay, that's right, Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. So, I mean, we're not even in the Rockies. Like, come on. Oh, dude, uh, that was terrible. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit more when we get to the, the West or the Pacific Division. Um, but we are going to be starting with the North Division today. We're going to kind of conclude with Central in a few minutes. But we are going to be talking the over-unders of the total points of the season. And, you know, last year we had, you know, 68 to 70 games, depending on, you know, where the teams, you know, Finish. ended up when, when COVID struck. So... You know, let's start. Let's start moving into the North Division, and again, this is going to be all Canada. Um, so the first team up, we're going to start with the Calgary Flames. Uh, right now, they are sitting at sixty-eight and a half points as their their total through this fifty-six games. So, do you think they're going to go under or over that? I like the over sixty-eight and a half here. I actually like the Flames plus six fifty to win uh, this division. I think they're the best team in this division. I think this is a big bounce back year for them. They, they, well, they hopefully, they hope so that they solidified their goalie yep. problem. Um, you know, they still got young players like Goudreau and Kachuk. Kachuk, yeah. Is that Keith Kachuk's son? Yep. Oh my god, that's yes, crazy. Sir. I'm old as fuck. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I like I like the Flames here. I think they're the best team in the North Division. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I'm going to go over on this one. Um, I I really like what they did. You know, even signing their their third and fourth line guys. You you know you brought bring in uh, Lievo and Nordstrom. You've got you know good deep uh, defensive additions in Tanev and Petrovic. Like it's it's going to be a good season for them. And like you said, you've got Markstrom now in goal. So uh, they're definitely going over. The 68 and a half points, in my opinion. But that brings us to the other kind of big, you know, the, the other elephant in the room. If, if we got Calgary holding the, the uh, top of the division, and that's going to be the Edmonton Oilers. You got Connor McDavid coming in, and their over under right now is 60 points. Way low. So do you think they're going under or over? Uh, I think they're going to go over. Um, I mean, this is just a team where. You know, before they had a uh, like, they had that kid Taylor Hall, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had Connor McDavid, and they had like, they also had like Ryan Smith, right? That was like a few years ago or something. Yeah, I mean, this team is stacked. 
You think you've there's got Dreisaitl, you've got Hurtis, yeah, uh, you've got Turris, you've got Nugent Hopkins. Uh, yeah. So I was going to say they're, they're not as good as they were before. I, the, the big question mark is going to be, you know, your goaltending. Um, you've got Koskinen, you've got Smith back there. So, yeah, but you got to have good you know, goaltending in hockey, dude. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You do have, you know, a great defense, but... You know, we learned last year from the Sharks like that. You know, if your defense falters, you're you're kind of stuck with shit goaltending. So it's going to be an interesting year. I definitely think they're going to go over just because they have Connor McDavid. They'll obviously be one of the better teams regular season wise. I don't know how that's going to play out in the playoffs though, because I don't think they're really built for the playoffs. And they showed that last year when they lost in the first round. Um, yep. And 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 that's what Calgary's problem was too. But I think Calgary, you know, I think they hoped they went out and solidified that problem in the off season. I don't think Edmonton did yep. that. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think they're going to be number two. Um, but I'm I'm going to put them over on this. They just have their first, second, and third lines are just top notch. And then you put in, you know, fourth line. Hopefully, you know. Fuji goes a little bit better than you've got Neil there. So we'll we'll put them over there. So I'm with I'm it. With you. I'm with it. That puts us to a huge question mark this year. This was a team that went hot into the bubble and then uh, just fizzled right away. You've got the Montreal Canadiens. Last year, they were 31 and 31 um, and 9. So they were, you know, a, a 500 team. This year they're looking to get sixty-two and a half points. So are you gonna put Montreal over or under? Man, this is tough because they might have the two best like goaltending pair in the NHL. Uh, yep. you know they just went out and signed Allen to a big deal, and he's their backup. I guess a lot of it really falls on you know how old is Carey Price now? That dude's got to be like in his forties, right? He is. Yeah, he's one of the oldest uh goalies that's crazy so i mean i mean at least they have an option if he starts to falter a little bit um man i don't know i lean like i'm, I'm probably gonna say they're gonna probably finish like 62 60 to 62 points so i'm gonna take the under here yeah i i hate to just be keeping agreeing with you <laughs> here but yeah you're you're absolutely right they did a lot of depth movement and I'm sorry, a, a top line of Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher is not going to, it, it's not going to put the pucks in the back of the net. And I was going to say, they didn't that score that much last their, year. And yep, that was like that's their downfall. Be their, yeah, and you sign, you know, two second liners, like, or sorry, one second liner and Josh Anderson, you know, and then you're relying on Corey Perry and Michael Froelich to be your fourth line uh, that's not that's not quality there yeah so it's that's a tough one we're gonna go under here um so far all in agreement us, yeah that's not that's not a good thing <laughs> i think we'll get a, a something a little bit different here we've got the ottawa senators um huge movement from the the previous year but they had to because they were trash they came in seventh in the atlantic um with a 25 34 and 12 record so we're going to be putting the over under at 48 and a half points for the ottawa senators where do you think they're going over or under does keith kachuk have two kids in the nhl yes he does holy shit that is just a american hockey family right there i love it 
And because Keith Kachuk has two kids in the NHL, I'm taking Ottawa over 48 and a half points. Ooh. <laughs> that's gonna that's that's gonna be tough i i do like what they did but i'm gonna go under here i think it's it's gonna be another uh, another bad year for ottawa um you know you did you add a lot of you know top line guys you add stutzel you add uh Dadanoff, um but you've got matt murray in the the back of the net and that is going to be the reason why I think he is going to, or the uh, the Ottawa centers are going to miss that 48 and a half point mark. Uh, he's just not a number one, a legit number one for me. I know he uh, played well with Pittsburgh, but, uh, you know, you've got a, a top quality team there. I think he's going to be uh, letting, letting too many five holes uh, go unanswered there. They should so. just trade for uh, Martin Jones. <sighs> I I would love to give them Martin Jones. Um, uh, yeah, their GM is pretty much an idiot, though. He he could very well, you know, take Doug Wilson and uh, you know think he's making the a good trade there. But do we? I, I don't think anyone's dumb enough. Hey, to do if someone that. knows someone in the Ottawa uh, franchise, tell them to give me a call. I will get Doug Wilson on the phone. We will negotiate this. Love it. Love it. Well, let's also see how uh, Stutzel does. Uh, he should be nice, Being though, the Sharks right? pick. Yep. He was the one who uh, the Sharks picked up. He's been playing great in the juniors. So. Or I guess, sorry, not the one Sharks picked up, but Should've they got from with... the Sharks picked. Yeah. 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 All right, so we have a couple more uh, Canada teams to get through uh, before we finish this division. Man, these are these are big divisions but we've got you know could be the most media friendly team in the uh in the nhl we've got the toronto maple Leafs right now over under is sitting at 71 and a half points they are expecting big things from this team where do you where do you have them staying over or under that 71 and a half points i'm gonna go under 71 and a half although i think this is going to be one of the uh, top three teams in Canada. I really like Austin Matthews. You know, he's a kid from Phoenix, Arizona. I always love American hockey players. Um, so, and I also like Joe Thornton, obviously for obvious reasons, but I think that's going to be huge. I mean, I don't know how much Joe's going to do on the ice for them, but he's going to be a great veteran presence. Uh, they also have a former, um, uh, uh, shark in uh in goal as well and Aaron Dell, so yep. you know I'm a I'm gonna take under here, but I do think they're gonna be a top three team just because I think Calgary is the best team in Canada. Yeah, I I think this is gonna be a struggle year for for Toronto. They lost a lot of depth players this year, and uh, I mean they yes they did bring in some depth, but it's. I don't think it's quite enough. They you still have you a good do team, get a Tavares, to, to you know, Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, yep. Mitch Marner. Um I, I mean Wayne Simmons is a great pickup for that third line. I think he's just he's just a little old. Thornton, a little old. Spezza, a little old. Well, sometimes that's like, what those look at what Dallas did last year. They brought in uh Pavelski and who was the other Corey, old, Perry. Corey Perry and look what they were yeah. able to do because those veterans they know they're professionals you know what I mean like sometimes a, a young locker room needs those veteran presence yeah yeah I mean well we'll see I'm still taking the I, under. 
Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm not sure if they're they're going to be one of the top four teams here. What? Um, yeah, it, it could. We. I don't know. I think that last spot is going to be in my eyes between the Maple Leafs and the Jets, who we'll get we'll get to in a second. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about the second to last team we've got. We've got one coming from the Pacific, moving into the North, and that's the Vancouver Canucks. Um, they are slated for an over-under of 61.5 points. Uh, where do you think this team's going? Man, this is tough. I'm, I'm going to go under here. Um, man, I'm, I'm going to go under, Ben. I don't know why, but I think like 60 to 62 is like right around where they're at. And... Yeah. I think Winnipeg is definitely a better team. And I think the top four teams are going to have to get over 63 points to get in the playoffs. Do you agree? Do you think yeah. that's that's pretty correct? That's Yeah, that's going to be right around that, yeah, that mark. So I'm going to go under. Uh, see, I'm going to go over here. Um, but but my big big question mark is, is definitely going to be goaltending. You've got Brandon Holtby, who's coming from Washington, who's – getting over the hill um he's he's got that question mark of of uh you know is he going to be strong enough and you know that other question mark for me is is the defense going to gonna pick up they got that huge pickup in nate schmidt coming from uh uh vegas for what like a third round pick because they had to get rid of cap space so that's a huge pickup. You've got Hughes, you've got Schmidt, you've got Tyler Myers, you've got uh, Jordan Ben. Uh, so I think the defense is is going to hold it up. I'm praying that my Sharks can you know help do the same thing. So you know their mediocre goaltending doesn't get uh, at least too overexposed. But <laughs> they lost I mean, some I, talent I like though these... too. Goldobin. Uh, they're all older though, or they're they're just a, a little bit. Like past their prime, you think? Gold, you know, Tanev's struggling past his prime. Yeah, when he went to when he went to Minnesota, he kind of slowed down. He was great with the Sharks; he had that great potential. But after that, it just it, it just kind of fizzled. And then, uh, you know, Tyler Toffoli again better as a king, in my opinion. Um, you know, Chris Tanev had his moments, but. I, I they're they're really gonna miss Markstrom out. Yeah, no, nah, that's a that's that's a huge loss, bro. Yeah, going to a division rival that's, that's tough. T- too. Yeah, that's yeah. things you don't <laughs> like to see bad. if you're a Canucks fan. Damn straight. But uh, that leaves us to our last Canadian team, and that's the Winnipeg Jets. Um, last year they were thirty-seven and twenty-eight and six with eighty points coming in fifth in the Central. You know, this year they're looking for 65.5 points. So do you think they're going to go over or under here? I think they're going to go over because um, I do think they're going to be a top four team. And like we said, I think we I think that to make the playoffs, you're going to have to be, you know, 63, 65 or more. So I'm going to go yep. over here. I like the Jets to be in the playoffs. Yeah, this is my this is my I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to. They lost Latusu to he retired. They lost Cody Eakin, Gabriel Bork, Paul Stasny. I mean Stasny's kind of old too. 
and they only brought in Forbert and Nate Thompson. Uh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, but they they have good know, defense. Uh, yeah. They had a good goaltending last year. Yeah, Hellebuck is great. I'll I'll, I'll put them at that over sixty five and a half. That's they're right. They're a fringe team for me. I wouldn't put any money on that, but I'll put them over. <laughs> nice. So who? What four right, so, teams? Before we move on, what four teams do you have making the playoffs from the North Division? Yeah. So from the North, we're gonna go Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers. We're going to go Vancouver Canucks and the Winnipeg Jets. All right. I'm going Flames, Oilers. Uh, Maple Leafs, Jets. Oh, okay. Getting getting Vancouver out of there. All right. Oh, they they won't make it. All right. I promise you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a shot bet happening at the end of the uh, NHL season. But uh, let's <clears throat> let's move to the Central Division. This one's a little bit interesting because you literally have teams from the East Coast and the West Coast here. It's definitely not too centralized uh, but to start things out we're gonna go with the carolina hurricanes right now they're over under is sitting at 67 points last year they were 38 25 and 5 amassing 81 points for to be fourth in the metro so do you think they're going to you know even hit 67 did they sign that dude that played backup for him in that one game no oh man no he was like third or fourth string well if they signed him I would say that they would probably be the best team, but because they didn't, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under 67 here. 67 is quite a lot. I do think they are a fringe playoff team in this division, um, especially with like Jonathan Taze being out in Chicago. They're a for sure playoff team. I think they're for sure playoff team. For sure. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going under 67. I don't care. Okay. I'm going over here. Um, they they added they didn't lose much, and what they did lose was crap. You lose an old Justin Williams, you lose a Sammy Vatten, and you lose the not so good Van Riemsdyk. So, I uh, you know I I only see them going up here. Um, I I'm also a huge fan of Jesper Fast. Uh, he played incredible with with the Rangers last year. He was one of the players that I was really pushing for Doug Wilson to pick up for the. Uh, uh, for the Sharks, um, they also signed Joachim Ryan, which is another defensive player that we that Jordan and I have seen from our Sharks. He's a he's a quick little guy, and he is you know on a a team that you know doesn't have that huge defensive depth. I think he's going to be you know your number six player, and you know he does make a difference at that six role. So I think this is this is going to be a great spot for him, and and he really he's going to thrive, and Carolina's going to thrive this year. So I'm going over. All right. I'm going like 65 uh, points for him. Okay, so just under. Yeah. This, uh, that leaves us with a team that's, that is going to have a tough, tough year. Um, we already know it. They've already announced that they're going to be going through a, a mini rebuild. You've got the Chicago Blackhawks. Last year, they were 32 and 30 uh, with eight shootout, uh, sorry, overtime losses. I guess, yeah, sh- overtime shootout losses um 72 points seventh in the central um they're they're trying to put up 64 do you think they're gonna get that or go under 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 i mean we don't even we don't even know if taze is gonna play that's a huge loss i mean you can't just like put guys into 
complement that kind of production uh regardless and and they lost Corey crawford they lost a lot of guys on this team like you said you know for a while they were paying big money like they manipulated the salary cap to get uh, a roster to win cups and i think now they're gonna see the you know there's gonna be a massive decline obviously from those teams um i think yeah i think they do need to rebuild kind of like the sharks need to rebuild except the blackhawks are willing to admit they need to rebuild but we're going under 64 points here even Sharks fans don't admit they need to rebuild. We just need to refresh, okay? Oh. Refresh. Oh, we need to tear that uh, bitch down and build it back up. Uh, not quite yet. I can't do it yet. Um, but I'm gonna. I'm 100% with you. Uh, this team is going to be trash, absolute trash this year. And you can, I mean, you can just look at the goaltending for that. You've got your starter right now who's, uh, to be honest, I've never heard of before and i'm <laughs> that's not good I, I know my hockey <laughs> yeah that's not um good. delia uh sure um you know he's i mean they're out of the pacific this year so i i hope he he can do bad um and then you've got uh, uh pk suban's little brother you know who's not a quality i mean he's he's a backup and he's going to be asked to do a lot more this year and it's going to struggle uh you got Duncan keith you got brent seabrook who you know together are probably pushing that hundred years old um <laughs> like it yeah it's it's gonna be tough it's it's not gonna be pretty i think they're going to be dead last in the nhl to be honest um but uh we aren't talking about the the detroit red wings quite yet so i won't I won't put that judgment on for dead last. We are going to talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now, they are sitting at an over-under of 58.5 points. Um, they didn't do much. So what do you think, uh, what do you think this team's going to do, over or under? Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go under. Uh, I mean, that was a bad team last year, and if they didn't really upgrade it, I, I can only go you know, flat yep. or down. So I'm going to go under 58 and a half points here. Yep. hundred percent. You've got uh, Michael Delzato coming in for their, their camp invite. Who's old. You've got Max Domi. Who's, who's going to be an interesting prospect um, at that number two center position. I, I just don't understand how you can pick up Miku Koivu. Um, you know, him, Brent Seabrook and uh, Duncan Keith are probably, uh, you know, uh, They've got stock in Ben Gay, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Dude, but, these uh, hockey players like refuse to retire. They're just like, yo, I'm gonna play till I'm like fifty. Yeah. Yeah. There's and there's definitely some that need to hit that uh hit that retirement. Hey, but if they're gonna get paid, why not? You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> if someone's yeah. willing to pay them, that's what you're worth. Make you that know? money. Yep. So that moves us to a great team last year that we saw go a lot further than what we expected and that because with the dallas stars um neither of us thought that they were going to be a a finalist team um but you know 37 24 and 8 82 points puts you third in the central it gave them a great kind of position to move up so do you think they get that 68.5 points this year nope i think they are worse than last year Yep. Um, I think they had like a one year window last year, which was that last year, and that was it. 
And the fact, and like you said, dude, we both didn't think they were going to make that run. They ended up making that run. It was pretty like, you know, special kind of Cinderella type moment, but they're going to be significantly worse this year. You know, you lose Hansel, Polak, Corey Perry, who is like really old, whatever, but you know, you don't really replace them with anything. Right. So nothing. Yeah. This is kind of a team that just got worse. They didn't get better. You know, they already were an older team as it is. So I, I like, I love the Dallas stars under 68 and a half points here. Yep. Yeah. I would bet the world on this one too. Um, it's, you don't know where Gudobon is going to be. Um, you know, he was number two going in, I think to Bobrovsky and you know, you've, you've seen Bobrovsky who's going to be, um, who he had season-ending surgery. You've also got Sagan, who had season-ending surgery. So they they took some major steps back here and didn't bring in a single person. They're hoping these young guys are going to take over, and that's that's tough when you've got the high expectations of, of coming off a, a Stanley Cup finals list. Oh, um, that's right. All right, so we teased it a little bit earlier of the worst team in NHL history for a long time. You had the Detroit Red Wings last year. They went 17-49-5 to amass a whole 39 points, dead last in the NHL. They've made some additions, and Vegas thinks their over-under is going to be 53.5 points. Do you think they're hitting that? Yeah, I think they're going over here. Um, Sorry, got to clear my throat real quick. Uh, I like the additions they made. Um, you know, I like Bobby Ryan. He's a little bit older, but he's a good veteran presence. I like Mark Stahl as well. Like I said, with uh, Toronto, sometimes these young teams, they need a veteran, a good veteran presence to kind of be leaders in a locker room. Uh, and this is like a really bad division, dude, which we've kind of talked about. And I think it's kind of opened some doors for some younger teams to get in. I'm not very familiar with the the Red Wings front office and and such, but you know for so long they were so good at scouting, so good at developing that I have to assume that they're still there because I mean that team just got really old at a time. You know what I mean? Now they just they tore yeah. it down, building it back up. Uh, so I like them over fifty three and a half here. Yeah, I'm right there with you. They did a lot of a lot of good things, and you know to kind of go to your point, that's. It's tough. I think the big drop-off from Detroit was when they went from the West Coast to the East Coast, uh, or the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference. It's a it's a completely different style of play. They were built to, you know, do that grind and, and pound, you know, Western style of hockey, and then they get thrown into the finesse, the the quickness of the Eastern style, and you, you flounder. Um, you know, so, and... Uh, you know, you talked about good veteran presence, and that's something that they didn't have last year, and they got rid of all that bad veteran veteran presence. Getting rid of Jimmy Howard, Franzen, Erickson, Daly, uh, Brodziak, Applicator, like all those are gone. See you later. Out the door. You know, good riddance. And... I don't know how bad those guys are. It's just like, dude, mm-hmm. I feel like Johan Franzen has been playing since I was in middle school. <laughs> Not that long, but but yeah, he's he's been there. Trevor Daly definitely might have. <laughs> you know what I'm you know, saying? Like his, these back dudes, in his days of these dudes uh, Dallas, been, yeah. were on those teams that were battling the Sharks in the Western Conference. Yep. It's, oh, it's yeah. time to move on and and build, dude. Yep. 
All right, so that moves us to we've got a couple teams left. This is this is my you know at least favorite team of what they did with their off season. This is the Florida Panthers. They're looking at an over under of sixty seven and a half points. That's a it's a fairly big drop from last year where they're at seventy eight points and fourth in the Atlantic. But you know where do you think they go from here? They still have a question mark, you know, big question mark with Hoffman. Um, I mean, this is another one of those teams where, like, this division is, like, so-so, where I think that they can definitely make the playoffs. Um, 67 and a half points is a lot, though, in a shortened season with 56 games, so I think I, I gotta go under here, 67. They'll probably be, like, between 63, 65 points, but that should get them in the playoffs, um, so I'm gonna take the under on this one. Okay. Um, and I also lied. There isn't a question mark with Hoffman. I forgot he signed with the Blues this week uh, for a one-year deal. So uh, I think it started as a player tryout, and uh, and then they signed him for the full year. But uh, this is going to be tough because you know you're losing Hoffman, you're losing uh, Dadanoff, which are their two top scores, and you know it, there's going to be a big question mark on on Hornquist and if he can score those goals. Um, same with Scott Wilson coming in. Like they're they're gonna need a lot of you know to have that big presence to really make this team good. I, I like my under pick even I, more now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like this under as well. Um, I'm I'm excited for this team in in two years. Um, you know, hopefully they they get some things things going, especially when you have Bobrovsky, even though you're paying him ten. Bro, when is the NHL gonna force? the Panthers to move out of Miami. Uh, that could, that actually is, you know, the, there's talk right now. It's, uh, you know, it, they could be the next team to go up to Vegas, uh, up to Canada. No, you you already have Vegas. You aren't going to get, Oh a yeah, yeah, team we have Vegas. Vegas, Las Vegas, Golden Knights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're, you're talking about going up to Quebec, maybe being the Nordiques. Oh, nice. Um, you know, there's, Hartford. there's talk that, yeah, they could be, you know, the Hartford Whalers could be coming back. Um, you know, I don't know if they'd be able to be the Whalers with the the Hurricanes if if that uh is going to cause oh, issues, nah, but they better They could be there. We need the Whalers back. Yeah, it could definitely be. They they have that hockey history, so hopefully that uh that does they they should pull that out. So, uh, but we've got two more two more teams here to to close out this Central Division. We've got the Nashville Predators, uh, they didn't do much. They brought in Brad Richardson, Nick Cousins, and Matt Benning. And we saw, you know, Dan Hamuse, Kyle Turris, and uh, Steven Santini leave. So do you think they hit that 68.5 points that uh, Vegas has given them for an over-under? On his P.K. Subban on their team? Uh, no, not anymore. Where did he go? Ooh, that's a very good question. Um, Devils. Okay. Holy shit. In New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. But he's crying right now because uh, he just he just went through a breakup. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Uh, yeah. sheesh. I'm gonna go under here. Under sixty. Good and call. Yeah, good call. They didn't do shit. Yeah. Brad Richardson's over the hill. Yeah, I see a lot of old it. guys, and then like guys like Kyle Turris out. Um, 
I like the I like the yeah, end of the year. He was bought out, so they're they're happy that he's gone. But uh let's talk about a team that didn't do anything. And we we saw both uh Stanley Cup finalists kind of not do anything, and now they're in the same division. We've got the Tampa Bay Lightning sitting at an over-under of 76 points. And again, remember, there's only 112 available points. Yes. So do you think no, they're gonna go, Tampa Bay hits that no, 76? Definitely under. Definitely under, but they're still going to be in the playoffs. They're still, I mean, yep. you don't have to do much when you win the Stanley Cup. I'm going under, though. Do you think Do you think Stomkos comes back halfway through the season? I hope so, man. I, lo- I like watching Stomkos play. I do. He's yep. good. You've also got Kucherov, who's had season-ending surgery. So, oh, I mean, there's still do that. They'll still be in there. They got that depth. Yeah, they got good depth. Yeah. So I, they're going to be in the playoffs, but under seventy-six points for sure. All right. So who are your top four in this division? So we're going in Tampa Bay to make the playoffs. We're going. Uh, we're gonna go. Winnipeg Jets to make the playoffs. We're gonna go. Nope, they're in. They're in Canada. Oh yeah, yeah, my bad. I meant Carolina Hurricanes to make the playoffs. Oh yeah, and then we're gonna go to the Detroit Red Wings, and then oh wow, we're gonna put the Red Wings in there, and then we're also going to put. Oh man, this is tough, dude. I, I guess we'll put the Dallas Stars in there just because I don't see Pavelski ever missing the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina, um, Carolina, Dallas, got to have Tampa Bay, and then, you're right, this last one's tough. Uh, I'm going to go Florida here. Ah, you should have rode the the Red Wings train, bro. No, they they did some good things, but I just, Thomas Grice, you know, old shark, love him to death, but he's not. He's not that that person who's going to get you over the hill. That's true. Especially when you're coming up from a an eighth place to, uh, finish last year. That's true. All right, so that brings us to the end of the NHL. We've got we're going to be talking about the coasts next week. We've got the Atlantic and the Pacific divisions, um, which you know, in my opinion, are are going to be some some powerhouses. So we'll get back to that next week and uh, see where the NHL season goes, starting on the thirteenth. All right, Ben, we had the college football playoff, man, and I've been bitching and crying for fucking three <laughs> weeks, it seems like, about this thing. Yep. And the first game went off completely like I thought it would. Alabama, 31-14, to 14, just completely dominated the game. Notre yep. Dame did cover the 19.5, but it was really a backdoor cover. It wasn't even close. Yep. Um, you know, what, did you, what was your takeaway from the first college football playoff game we saw? Yeah, I'm with you. It should have been, you know, a, a even bigger of a blowout than we saw here. Only uh, 17 points. It was damn close. I I almost got my uh, my bet there, but like I'm, I was just impressed with, you know, a couple of these players, our top guys. You know, Mac Jones with an 83.3 percent completion rating there. Um, you know, almost 300 yards and four TDs. You've got that Najee Harris hurdle, like whoa. Ooh, that was beautiful. And then you've got Devonta Smith, man. 
18.6 yards per carry for three touchdowns to go over 130 yards. Like, that's game. incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, Devontae Smith, I mean, absolutely incredible wide receiver. Uh, what's even crazier to think about, though, is like if Jalen Waddle was healthy, like this offense would be even crazier because Jalen Waddle might be better than Devontae Smith. And Devontae wow. Smith might win the Heisman. He might be the first wide receiver since Desmond Howard to win the Heisman Trophy, which is crazy. Shout out to Najee Harris, uh, Bay Area, you know, straight from the Bay Area. He should have stayed on the West Coast and played school, at U- <laughs> played ball at USC, but it is what it is. Alabama, really great team. Mac Jones has been a lot better than I thought he would be uh, coming yep. out. I thought, honestly, Bryce Young would, would be the starter as a true freshman. Hasn't been the case because Mac Jones has really been able to carry this team, surrounded by a ton of talent. Alabama, a lot. Uh, man, this game was so obvious how it was going to play out. The second game, though, was baloney. It was crazy, man. It was insane, yeah. Ohio State, who was... Uh, Dabo Sweeney's 11th ranked team in the final coaches poll <laughs> went in to Georgia and Sugar Bowl and just annihilated Clemson 49 to 28. Yep. I mean, we're, we're talking about a game that wasn't close. This game was a runaway game. This game could have been even more. I mean, Justin Fields was out there just throwing bombs. 21 you know, points to zero in the second quarter. It was That's nuts, a- and, and it it almost seemed like Ryan Day was like, dude, this guy thinks we're the 11th best team. We're just going to keep running up the score, too. Yep. Like, this was an embarrassment if you're Clemson and Davos Sweeney. What was your takeaway, though? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, to play devil's advocate, how do you think this game would have gone if they were both at their 12th game of the season? You know, uh, two injuries, dude, two endurance, you know, does... I mean, to be honest, like... We don't know if Ohio State could have played like this because they only played six games and they only got a three-week training camp. So they were kind of using those six games to get prepared to where they should have been. So they could have been even better at this point. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Um, Very true. I mean, Ohio State's defense dominated. Their offense dominated. This was the best game they played all year, hands down, bar none. And they played it in the most important game so far. Yeah, and and what really kind of shocked me was you know, the run games. I know you go up big, you're you're gonna be running the ball, but you know, and you had Trey Sermon thirty one carries for hundred and ninety three yards. Like yeah. I mean, even, that's what started even, it all. Oh yeah. And even though they had that big lead, Clemson just could not stop the run. And even, you know, oh. vice versa, you go to Clemson, you look at um what Etienne. Etienne, yeah. Ten carries for thirty two yards. Like yes, I know Lawrence is gonna be throwing the ball but you still have to get some run game in there. And, you know, to only be averaging 3.2 yards per carry, like, that's that's tough. You know, when, when you're looking at it, the guy on the other team who's averaging 15. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I, I was texting during the game, and it, Ohio State's offensive line was just pushing Clemson's defensive line, like, five yep. to seven yards backwards. It was like Every they were doing whatever play. they wanted, dude. And if you can't yep. stop the run, then you have to – you have to move your safeties up into the box to try and stop the run. And then that's when Justin Fields was just throwing darts to Olave. Touchdowns, yep. yep. Um, so, I mean, I was surprised this game played out like this because Ohio State hasn't played this well all season. So Facts, it was yep. surprising to me to see this. But Ohio State has this kind of talent. I knew they had this kind of talent. We all knew they had this kind of talent. It was just a matter of whether they could put it all together. And they did it when it mattered. 
which brings us to the national championship next Monday. Um, the Crimson Tide right now are minus eight favorites. Who do you like? Ah, oh, man, it's it's. I mean, with the way things played out this weekend, it's that's tough. Um, you know, I I don't know if Alabama's defense is going to be strong enough if we see another performance like Justin Fields had last week. Um, because it's over a touchdown, I'm gonna go Ohio. Um, but I I I think Alabama is gonna win this game. Yeah, I think this line's going to drop because, like, the public just saw what has been done. But I see yeah. – I think Alabama can score with the best of anybody, to be honest. And, yeah, yeah, facts. And their offensive line is very similar to that of Ohio State. Plus, they have Najee Harris. I think they're just going to wear Ohio State down over time. I think – I definitely think – I'm with you. I think Bama's going to win. I think a touchdown might be a little too much. I would just wait for this line to come down. I would take yep. Ohio State plus eight right now, though. But I don't love it. I don't love it by any by any stretch of the imagination. Yep. Okay, and it is time for our TMZ section, our pour me another section. We already talked a little bit about uh, you know the Hollywood breakups this week, but we have got some more breaking news. But we are going to keep it quick because we know this is a long episode. So we're gonna just do two. We're gonna start it off with. Um, the Chima fight has been postponed again. Uh, Wednesday, we saw Dana White announce that the January 20th bout of Chimev versus Edwards has been canceled due to Chimev not being medically cleared to fight. Um, doctors have stated that his lungs were not healed enough after he tested positive with COVID. So the fight will be rescheduled. But do you think this causes more issues within the UFC fights? And I mean, COVID in general, you know, in different sports. I mean, uh, you, you top this on top of what happened to Keontae Johnson from Florida, you know, passing out or whatever happened, had to be rushed yep. to the hospital. And then we come back to find out that his heart had that um, that disease that's caused by COVID. I think that's, that sports and doctors should look more into this. However, the UFC and Dana White, that's not what they're about. They're, they're all about like, you know, being the tough guys and going out there and doing this. So that being said, it's a bummer that this fight has been canceled twice. This has been a fight that I've been looking forward to. I hope we see it soon. But um, yeah, as far as UFC is concerned, I just, I don't see them really caring anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's unfortunate. I, I understand why it's happening. Um, yeah, and like you said, I just want to see this kid fight, man. We were spoiled with, you know, that taste of three fights in what six weeks, and you know now we gotta we gotta wait for these normal, you know, progressions in fights, which eh, I, I don't want to wait. But uh, it, the whole thing does kind of scare me. Um, you know, we're seeing other sports with players playing within days of their positive tests. Like the second that they have an opportunity to get back on a field on the court, like they're there. So, uh, you know, I'm worried. I've been saying it for months now that we're setting these players up for health issues in the future. And to be honest, we're not even selling more tickets because people can't be in the arenas. So I don't understand why we're doing this. Yep. 
On Thursday, we saw the Armed Forces Bowl. It was played by Tulsa and Mississippi State, and it ended in a massive brawl. Massive. That, that shit was crazy. The antics started pregame with some big shouting matches, and then obviously during the game, there was 18 penalties, and then finally, after the coaches shook hands, a huge brawl interrupted. I mean, Mike Leach was over there on the sidelines giving the interview while it interrupted. Dude, what did you, what did you think of this, man? Man, this was bad. This was like really bad. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this in in pro sports. Uh, you've got punches, you've got kicks, you've got stomps, you've got helmets getting ripping off, you've got helmets getting thrown, and you've got players who weren't even in the game throwing punches. Um, that's that's just incredible. Um, Malik Keith, I hope you liked football because you're probably never gonna see another game again. I uh, stomping somebody in the face. Uh, Kendarian Ray, uh, you got your ass handed to you. Uh, you know, don't expect to not have people go after you if you throw punches too. Uh, I don't think he expected that he was gonna get what he got for throwing a punch. Um, but man, Toby got worked in that one. This this was nasty. Yeah, man, it was wild, and you rarely see this in college. And the fact we saw it against a uh, in a bowl game against two teams that rarely ever play each other, like in the history of these their two programs, is is absolutely crazy. And I mean, the coaches first and foremost should be a little ashamed of their, themselves that they couldn't control their teams, and their teams kind of went out there um, and, and and took these kind of actions. And I think you'll see both coaches take actions by cutting cutting players you know kicking them out of school kicking them off the program for sure it'll be a good learning moment and good teaching moment for a lot of these kids though i mean this is just something that you cannot do you're disrespecting your team you're disrespecting yep. your program you're disrespecting your university i mean it's bigger than just you and sometimes kids and people have to realize that um but man that was crazy bro that was bad all right all right all right it's that time of the week yes yes it's the best segment of the show that's money, right money. it is best bets money. the segment where we win y'all money 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 last week we went 500 so if you took our bets you didn't make <laughs> money but you didn't lose money you didn't either. lose money so. so that is a positive Ben yep. went one and one. He had Josh Allen over one and a half touchdowns on Monday Night Football. That was a winner. He also had Dallas Cowboys minus two and a half at the New York Giants. That was a loser as the Giants won outright. I went one and one as well. I had Michigan State NCAA hoops minus two versus Minnesota. That was an L. Minnesota ended up winning by like 28. So that was a terrible bet. Then I had Bills Pats under 10 in the first quarter. That was a winner. Both teams only kicked a field goal. So this week we back. We bring in positive energy here, Ben. So where you going with your bets this week? Hell yeah. We're gonna start 21 2021 off strong. And you know, I really want to take money line on this, but I uh, gotta gotta keep in mind that I was 20 and 20 in 2020 so gotta <laughs> take the points here so we are going to go tennessee plus three and a half uh for, for wild card sunday uh tennessee just loves to move the ball averaging about 31 points a game and i mean last time these teams meet uh met man dramatics here uh derrick henry ran for 133 yards and a touchdown 
We have said it many, 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 many times. Any time that King Henry gets over 100 yards, it's a lock. So they got to get him the ball. They'll take the game if they do that. They can do that. Then you spread it out to Davis, to Brown. You know, keep those safeties guessing. It worked last time for a 30-24 to 24 win. A nine-and-a-half-point jump in six games when Baltimore was just playing trash. I, I just don't buy it there. We're going to take this one big. Tennessee plus three-and-a-half. Love it. All right, and for the second bet of the week, hey, we're turning to my doves, man. Warriors are coming off a huge win tonight against the Trailblazers. I mean, Steph with 62 big ones. You know, I doubt he has as big of a back-to-back you know, game like that, but he always follows up those high-scoring games with well-rounded performances. So look for Wiseman, look for Oubre, look for Draymond. I mean, shit, Draymond only needs a full basket to you know do better than he did tonight. But, uh, you know, look for those assists coming out of Curry. Yes, Sack is rolling, but, you know, if the Warriors are going to make the playoffs like I'm saying they are, they have to beat the teams that aren't. So, Warriors plus two and a half for Sacramento. Nice, man. I love it. I love it. I really love the Tennessee one. My two best bets of the week. One of them was going to be Tennessee plus two and a half, but since Ben took it, I'm going to take an audible, and I'm going to take my second favorite NFL bet this weekend. I love the football team plus ten and a half. I like this on the money line. I said it earlier. The football team is a stylistic matchup nightmare for Tampa Bay. They get after the quarterback. They're Brady's worst nightmare. They can rush you up the middle. They can rush you from the sides. I I see this being very low scoring. If Alex Smith doesn't turn the ball over, the football team can definitely win this game. But let's take the points. Let's lock it up. Football team plus 10 and a half. My second best bet of the week, we're going Knicks, Hawks, under 222 on Monday night. The Knicks are scoring under 100 points on the season. They're shooting 37% from three. The Knicks and Hawks are the two best teams in opponent three-point percentage. They are actually number one and number three. And the Hawks are only allowing 111 points. The Knicks are barely allowing 107 points. I see this game being low scoring. Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith out for the Knicks. Um, and then on the Hawks side, Danilo Gallinari and Kevin Porter might be out. Gallinari out for sure. I love the Knicks Hawks under 222. Let's lock it up. Let's start 2021 on the right foot. Hell yeah. I, I do like those uh those offers. So uh you know let's let's switch that around and, and get an offer in those loss uh, that loss column. So yes. I love it. Hey so that was uh that was the sports aspect. We got to come back to our beers. We had some great ones tonight. I really do want to hear about that intergalactic battle mammoth though. What a name. Yeah, the the name uh is a little more gnarly than the beer was to be honest. The can art, <laughs> you know, was really like metalhead. Like I was expecting like something to punch me in the face. It was a lager so it was kind of lighter. Had like some uh was very like smooth and sweet for a lager um it was really it was good though i would definitely drink it again um it was light 5.5 percent i'm gonna give it a four out of five nice um for my second beer that uh, how the hell do you pronounce this amagamanator amagam amagamanator i don't even know if i'm saying that correctly 
but the beer was good 7.1 percent it's a it's a true ipa very uh, the hops are very good very crisp very clear very light for an ipa as well this is one i could like really sip on and it would just smack me dude i'm giving this one a 4.25 out of five what about nice. you ben Oh yeah. So the first beer that I had tonight, the first one was Promised Land Brewing Company's Bread and Circus. Uh, and that was a West Coast Pale Ale coming in at 5.9%. Um, so this was this was a pretty good beer. It was really danky and that that smell to it. It was, you know, super hot forward. And that's a little bit different for a pale. Um, you know, it did have a, a good taste to it, but you did definitely, you know, get that that breadiness from that hop and it was it was kind of a thick beer um it's it's one that i really want to try fresh and on tap because of that that hop forward smell to it um you know when you open the can you just you just get that pop um but because it was a pale and it was it was more of an ipa to me um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna drop this one to a 3.9 out of 5 one that i'm definitely going to drink again um you know i I don't know how far I'd go out of my way for it. If I was in Gilroy, I'd probably grab it. I don't know if I'd run to Gilroy for it specifically, um, but it was it was definitely a good beer that I'll I'll definitely drink again. Oh yeah, so. love it. And uh, the second beer that I had today was the Hoppus Brewing Company's Loco Hazy Kavik IPA, and uh, that one came in at five point five percent. And uh, this one was, it was a pretty good beer. It was, it, I mean, it, it reminded me of an IPA and almost like a Kolsch or a Pilsner tied together. Um, it was, it was super light. It was, um, it was really crisp. It had, you know, some good hop flavors to it. It was, um, you know, it was something that you can definitely drink a lot of at 5.5%. Um, you know, because this is, you know, a, a shark spear and made for charity. I'm going to pop it up a point one there. Oh. And uh, I'm going to give it a 4.1 out of five. Uh, I haven't been disappointed with Hoppus. You know, I'm, I will be going back again and, uh, you know, definitely trying this one on tap. So Nice, man. Nice. I love it. Love it. Love good beers. Love the conversation. Love NFL playoffs, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to 2021, and I'm really looking forward to this week. Hell yeah. So, uh, everyone out there, thank you for listening to us. Uh, man, I am Big Ball and Ben Larson here with my co-host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Lats. Make sure me. to follow us on Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast or on Twitter at Taproom underscore sports. Um, you can check out our Facebook or you can visit us at www.taproomsportspodcast.com. You can find all of our social media accounts there and you can check out our merchandise in collaboration with The Glory. Uh, make sure to check out APR on Thursday for our NFL preview of Wildcard Weekend. Yeah, you know, as uh, Jordan and I, as we're uh, going to be joined by Steady Eddie and Tiffany from Picks by Chicks. And they're going to uh, be taking a shot. 
That's right. I, I don't. I don't think I have one. I think I was with you on this. Yeah, on this, no, we, uh, we're winners this week, Ben. We're winners this week. Love it, love it. But we uh, we're gonna keep up our fantasy, you know, throughout the playoffs. We got our best bets. Um, so, you know, make sure to check out that podcast. And to talk about podcasts, we gotta mention a new one with uh, Jordan here, and that is the program, and that is coming out on Wednesdays, and that is going to be a college football and college basketball focused uh, podcast there yes and uh and yeah that's it make sure to go and uh, check out on thursday our weekly contest as we're going to be uh, going through some of these playoff games for you to pick the spreads uh, again all you have to do is pick those spreads and win a sweatshirt so check Hell that yeah. out at www.taproomsportspodcast.com slash weekly contest and again I am Big Paul and Ben Larson here with Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Let's Hell we yeah. are out of here nice man happy new year everybody yep yeah that was the, the first podcast of the new year it's uh, always a good way to start it out Oh uh, yeah, and then our football team's gonna win a game on Saturday. Another move good on in the playoffs. I love it. I love the yep. story that's being built out there in Washington. Beautiful Ben. Should we uh, nickname Alex Smith Hobbles? <laughs> Y'all have a good week. <laughs> nice.